think that really is what is a good way to end the segment is just like saying telling people practice get tips talk to people about the deck that you're comfortable with and fine-tune it as much as possible because if you grind a list and you get the right list out you're going to be like putting yourself in such a good position before a tournament Yo, what up guys? Welcome to Fade to Town, number one Pokemon podcast in the world. These are facts. Look them up a book, Google them, focus at them. They, I mean, they might not be facts anymore. The uncommon energy one's pretty good. I'm not, I know that's like, I don't normally say that, but Azul's kind of holding it down there. Him and Chipper holding it down. Yeah, oh. yeah, yeah, agreed, agreed. <laughs> but, uh, we're so, I mean, if you Google it, Number one Pokemon podcast, Fade Town. I, I'm pretty sure it's stuff showed up, so like, it is what it is. Um, been gone for uh, this might be two weeks now. A couple stuff happened. Um, as you can see, Rolls not here. Uh, and Jesper's here. And Jesper's gonna join us now. We're gonna do Monday shows now, guys. Um, if you don't know Jesper, I know he's kind of been watched. No, I'm just fine. He, he, he. <laughs> He won, was it 2016, 2017? 2016, 2016, 2016 yes. world champion in seniors. Yes. Perfect. Um, and then he's just been a top player in Europe. So it's nice to bring someone from Europe into the podcast, you know, a different perspective, um, different meta out there. So that that's going to be fun. Um, I got a new job promotion so i've been adjusting to these hours yes we last time he was on here he's in school now he's teaching so we're all growing up around here yeah yeah, yeah for sure uh yeah changing a 40-hour school week into a 50-hour work week uh a lot different stuff uh right. for sure and i can't skip work like i try to skip school so <laughs> those are the major differences in that but That's of course true. Thanks for the invitation to join you on the podcast, of course, and uh, I'm super excited to get in and uh, sharing uh, what I think of what's going on uh, at the moment in uh, the Pokemon CCG. Right. It's going to be fun, I think. I don't know. Talking Pokemon every week is just fun. I think it, I mean, it helps me personally stay on top of everything, so uh, maybe we'll get you in a day two, you know? <laughs> I got that next week, right? You're right. Well, at least this time I'll lock myself into a deck pretty early, so yeah, yeah. It, it's I'm either not. do or die. Yeah, right. Um, but yeah, so most likely we're gonna have Monday show. I'm working on trying to get another show going throughout the week. I'm not making any promises, but for sure we'll have at least a Monday show. Um, for now. Other than that. We have a lot of regionals to kind of talk about. There's a lot going on. So we had Salt Lake, which we're just going to breeze over. I know it was like almost a month ago now. Uh, Then we have Lilith, right? And then we have a couple, um, well, Indonesia and Malaysia that we'll kind of go over. Even though they were like best of ones, we'll we'll talk about them. But they're still in this meta. And then we have Warshaw, what is still in this meta. I think it's the last tournament in this meta. It is, yes. Mm-hmm. And then we'll go into Silver Tempest. We'll talk about kind of our first thoughts on Silver Tempest and what do you, what 
what you should probably buy um basically so let's kind of let's just jump into salt lake um i day two salt lake just so everyone knows all right i'm not as lost <laughs> as i thought i was but um my testing group we we went with zorark i just i just thought the deck hit the numbers um draw you draw you can draw like 20 cards on turn two and if you get it you get it if you don't you don't and um it started off bad i, th I started one 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 then and then i want then i it got to like two two one and then i won out so pretty good where my boy kevin kenny he started like <laughs> six oh or something talking shit the whole time and I thought, oh, yeah, I, I, started, I was like, you know what? No one cares if you go six zero, man. You have to go. You have to go nine zero for anyone cares. But if I if I make a run back from one one one, that's a better story. <laughs> so the whole time I was like, redemption story. Don't call it a redemption. I'm just saying. And then every time, and he, his disappointment on his face every time I walk over and tell him I won, it was just worth it. It's just worth it. He's like, you get it? I was like, yep. I was like, you ain't. You ain't got me this time, all right? But he did end up. He, his day two was a lot better. Um, I don't know. My day two, I didn't play outs to mill tank. I hit two mill tanks. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he played the uh, the Sidious deck, right? In yeah. like double fighting or triple fighting, right? So yeah, he had a pretty good out to mill tank as well as being able to actually maybe hit a bit of weakness uh, somewhere else. I don't know. The I still don't agree with that. The whole thing, that his justification on everything is dumb, and I don't know. I personally just think with Zorak, you play the most consistent list, and you just take auto losses to stupid stuff like Zorak or um, Bill Tank and yeah, Duraldon. Like you just take the auto losses and just set up perfectly every time and be everything else. That's how I feel. Um, but. Uh, we'll see. We'll see going forward. We're supposedly going to play the same 60s going forward, but me and him can't agree on on things. So probably not. He's in no, he's he's in the Pablo world, where he's getting coached <laughs> by Pablo. Pablo's putting these horrible ideas in his head, and we're just going to let him do that. But it's fun. Uh, yeah, I think I think if you have to hit the same 60 going forward, it's probably going to be like you have both have a list you've thrown into a pod. Someone sw uh, shuffles it, and you pick out a list. I'm too stubborn. I'm too stubborn. Because <laughs> I'm such a hard believer that you just don't put basic energy in that deck. I don't think... No, I'm I'm at the same point. Like yeah. I'd rather play canceling Cologne and so I yeah. mean, then I and I play those basic energies. But like, bro, like for real, it, it's like if you play canceling Cologne and Silene, at least you don't get another bad starter. Correct. That's that's one of the worst things about it, like playing the situation. It's a shit starter. It's a and shit. It's, oh, it's if you told Kevin that, he'd be mad. He'd be like, "Dude, you attach energy, and then it has like an attack that like searches two cards. So good." And I'm like, and then they yeah, just like, take two prizes. <laughs> like, dude, yeah. you'd rather have the Zork, and then you go back into the Diancy, and it's a perfect attack. Like you want to do that every turn. So like, I don't know. I don't know. That's shit. Attaching just a fighting energy. That just feels horrible. I'm like, you can't even attack. Like, what are you doing? Um, he didn't play trekking shoes. I'm sorry, I'm just shitting on his list right now. Uh, <laughs> he played. He didn't play. He played three 
three um, belts. For what reason? The only thing that you need belt for is is uh, um, Kiram. Is the only thing you need belt for. And not even me, you know. No, you no, don't even need it for real. Oricorium play, you need it. Yeah, yeah. You only, yeah. I guess a Mew with Oricorium, then yeah, you need it. But like technically, you don't need it from Mew. He played three belts. I mean, his justification, he thought Kiram was gonna be sh- a lot more popular. I'm like, do you need three belts to beat two Kiram's? I don't know. But I don't know. He it worked for him. He did better than me. It's hard to argue with him. Uh, like, that's his argument, is, like, his record was better. And I'm like, at the end of the day, our sixth, we played Zorak list, they're gonna do the same thing, he played, like, five different cards that I just felt were less consistent. And I hit two mill tanks, and he didn't hit any auto yeah. losses. I mean, he hit a lot of, he, hit, he lost to Reggie's, which, that that's just a hard matchup, like, unless we, unless you throw, like, a, I don't know, Fucking flying Pika in your deck. No, then... you need Dunsparce. Dunsparce, Manaphy in combination. No. If you yeah, play you one need of both. Them, <laughs> yeah, you need... yeah, you need you need a combination because if you play, just play the Dunsparce, you just go Regilicky yeah. twice. Yeah, that, that's what we determined. We're like, it's not even worth like the Dunsparce isn't even worth because I just do that and um I don't want to play all those stupid Pokemon. <laughs> no, so yeah, that's kind of where we sat um, going that, but we've seen. Basically, Reggie's kind of... Well, a lot of the top players played Reggie's. We had Azul, Grant, Caleb, Andrew, Kenneth, all make top eight with Reggie's. Um, yeah. Obviously, they had their their Guja matchup and their Flying Peak match. They're not great. And those two ended up in the finals. Do I think either of these decks are very good? No. Did they have not good matchups? Either. Uh, in top eight, they had great matchups, and I, I don't know. I don't know how they got there, but I think the decks, like, they can win. They do well. Does it, like, tell you what they went into day two for with? Uh, uh, no, it does not. But, like, what we can see from the Reggie decks, right, is that, like, inherently Reggie the has struggles with the consistency, right? Because right. you can fall behind so many matchups. Like, even Giratina can pull back and go Roxanne Temple, and it hurts them a lot especially when they only play free path as the Shadim choices. Uh, it's really tough for them to get back from that because they play a path, then they have to discard a path of research, and they only have one path left, and then they get Roxanne Templed, and then they could end up losing to that. Yeah. Um, what I also think is funny is that like the the top eight at Salt Lake was Quad Reggie, one Palkia, one Tina, one Arc, uh, one Arc Pika, one Arc Gudra. I think what's funny about it is that you have four Gigas in top eight and three of them fall. Yeah. Like of course of course we do have Fisher and Gudra and Arc and like uh Pika took care of the job, same did like a Reggie Mirror. So that's like kinda why that three of them only made top eight, because right. those were just inherently bat matches yeah. for Reggie. But it is funny that four Reggies makes top top cut <laughs> and Three of the like, two of them plays a bat matchup, and the other two are faced against each other. Yeah, it's tough. It's just like Azul knew he was gonna beat uh, Caleb, or what? Do you, yeah, I think he played Caleb. Yeah, yeah. he's like, like he, we were standing there. He goes, "Did I make top eight? And I was like, "Yeah." He's like, "Who am I playing?" I'm like, "Okay." He's like, "I got this." <laughs> 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 but they're testing partners. I assume that he knew something. 
So yep. that's kind of how that went down. Um, yeah, I don't know. There's not a lot to take from this tournament other than like there's a lot of decks that can win. I went, I went into it thinking like there's a deck in the top eight that I was like, like there's a deck in like the top that made day two that, uh, okay. Maybe, maybe Vikavolt. I don't know. Other than like Vikavolt, which I don't we know. We saw oh, Eastern Solstice deck with uh, that too. Mishion, right? Yeah. I that actually helped him with that <laughs> Uh, not a big support off it, but it it sort of makes sense in many ways. But he's Correct. simply just playing a too much of an inconsistent deck, really. Yeah. At points, but but to be honest, like in general, speaking in general, that uh, the the meta in Salt Lake City was kind of like descriptive of a very varied meta in mm -hmm. ways where the bottom lower half of the day two would be more of these linear decks uh, like Kieran Palkia. Uh, so Ark right. itself, maybe some Lost Zone Diago, which has some consistency troubles as well. Ark is me too. Uh, we did have to V come up, but that's where, like, you know, once you have something that's like almost classified as a rogue, but V is not even rogue, it's more like a it's a known archetype. But once you have something that's surprising, people in day two know how to play against it. And I think that's where they struggle usually. That's also why they finished 89th as the yeah. last spot in day two. Um, and then we, we just had. Like a really compact meta, I think actually overall changes a compact meta because like you have one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven, twelve different decks spread between eighty-nine people. I don't think that's very varied when you have nineteen Palka, twelve Reggies, fifteen Arceus decks, ten Mews, ten Giratinas, and ten Cur and eleven Curums. I don't think that's no. showing much variation, but it's also showing where we are currently in our game where the variation isn't that well represented because that the top three, four, five decks are so strong in themselves. Yeah. But at the end of the day, when I look at day two, if you count out Sosa and you count out this Vika and maybe this Mewtwo, or Mewtwo uh, and Dialga, I guess, I wouldn't see be surprised if any of these decks won. Like it, like no. that's a, that's how like the meta feels is like any of these decks could win and I and personally I I kind of just think if Azul's group or or like top players play any of these decks I think they'll have more representation in, in the top top cut. I think all these decks are good enough to win a tournament, which is yeah, kind of fun to watch. Like there isn't it isn't like an ADP meta or when we, I don't know, last few formats, it's been um, a lot of Palkia just dominating. Um, our, but then, I don't know, it's kind of, there's the triangle kind of thing, and here it's, there's more like six, five, six decks that could win, which is cool. Yeah, I, th I think you're hitting into Pentagon of decks here. Yeah. Uh, and I think that's definitely more uh, healthy than a triangle of decks that we had in the past couple of formats out of it like you can all the way back to even adp you could say there's still a triangle between yeah. like adp sunny scorch and some third deck right yeah uh at that point so i think the game is a bit more healthy now and i think that ends with sylvan tempest but that's a bit of a foreshadowing because yeah. of course we're talking current format uh <laughs> and we'll be ending off with the silver tempest thing but i think like 
the way that um, Salt Lake City was supposed to impact Little in Europe, which was played a couple of weeks ago, uh, I thought that was going to be a lot bigger. I thought it, uh, that the Reggie hype was going to carry a bit on, but also that the Little tournament, pretty much once you slide into that on Limitless, right? It mm -hmm. was really weird, but it was still like... Kyrum, Arcuritina, which had a true showing this time. It wasn't showing up as much in the SLC, but it proved to itself to be a really strong deck during Lil with multiple day twos and stuff like that. Then you also had, of course, Giratina, Palkia. But then you have Blissian Finals versus Genesect. That was, uh, that was versus, versus Mew, yeah. and that was, that was really surprising. But, you know, when Nico doesn't pack an answer to Mew, uh, a hard answer to Mew like Drapion was, and when... Yeah. The guy just coasts around the Drapions, then yeah, of course you can win the tournament with Mew for sure. Uh, that's how, and then, that's, that's how that happened. That's how I felt like when we went when we looked at this. I was like, I don't think you ever played Drapion. I just like you, because like I think I think Salt Lake was full of Drapion. Uh, the more I look at decklists, I think a lot of people just tech Drapion because it just gives you. A, like, I almost put Drapion in my deck. I was like, I already have a good matchup versus Mew, but if I put Drapion, I cannot lose. So, like, in my head, I was like, man, should I just do it? But then I was like, why? Like, it, it's not great and into any other deck, so, like, I shouldn't. But, yeah, I just think Europe didn't play it. And, again, Mew's a great deck. It's consistent. It does the same thing every, every game, and um, it puts out a lot of damage, and it's going to win if you, if you don't tech for it so yeah i, I mean I do, I... the blissey is kind of the same thing like how many people played outs to mill tank well a ton of people did have outs via them playing lost box but it ended up not be it ended up being a non-factor because that blissey was just so good against lost box like yeah. blissey takes an inherently really bad matchup versus giratina where I think Giratina is going to have a lot more showing at the next regionals, but I think that in terms of Lille, the timing of Blissey was the right one. But you can also see that the timing of like the Drapion, you remember back in the day we had the uh, Decidueye chart, as we mm -hmm. called it, for when you have to play Decidueye at a mm -hmm. tournament, depending on how many plays, like Aegislash, uh, that was uh, GX, no, that was Aegislash V, how yeah. many played Aegislash V and how many didn't, because that was dependent on how much uh decidui you could yeah. even play a tournament it's the same with drapion right the amount of drapion drops and every time i play a tournament with a drapion on my deck i'm thinking like bro this is dead for like eight rounds why should i even play it but then it's like if you just hit that one or two mu in the mat in uh in a tournament and that's why i'd play drapion next week myself if you just hit that one or two mu it's just gonna pay so much dividends whereas if you already have a 60 40 against mutes at the least you shouldn't play drapion but if you have a 50-50 or less, you 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 shall probably should play Drapion in a yeah. meta that contains Mew, at least for 10%. If 10% of your meta is Mew, go ahead and play Drapion. Because it's also really good out to, for example, Mewtwo stall, which also saw a lot of plain little. Of course, the Day 2 chart has not been updated uh, yeah. due to uh, Tremor Center being really slow with their stuff. But um, Drapion is also like a really good attacker once it comes to like the 190. It's pretty sweet number to hit totally and if you're playing 60 in your deck you can hit 190 you can work in some cute stuff and text right but i think that coming into next weekend in wausau with the last term in the format and it's probably also going to be muse last hurrah i i don't see me continuing after this uh, to be honest like drapion really? 
we all thought Drapion's going to be the death of Mew. It wasn't. But I do think that Lugia is going to like put a salt lit on it. Because, like, it's going to be so hard for Mew to hit through V-Guard energy, first of all. Like, this beast of a thing can play four path in its deck. Marnie, Roxanne, V-Guard energy, and one-shot Mew. True. How do you beat that? I don't know. It's going to be... It's going to be a wild. It's such a... We'll get into it, but the more... The more I look uh, into those cards, or it's not, it's just the, the, the how many different um, special energies we have in, in the format right now makes it, makes those Archaeopses actually more insane. So, but we'll, we'll yep. jump in that later. But going into obviously Mew 1 there, we have Blissey. I don't think. That's gonna affect Warshaw. I don't think people are gonna go. I'm gonna play Mew. I'm gonna play Blissey. Um, no. I think your good players are gonna stick with Garatinas. I think Garatina overall is um, the safest pick, as in like it has really good matchups into most things, and um, its consistency is better than Reggie's. Um, yeah, <laughs> that's like don't get me wrong. Reggie's probably has the best matchup spread of any deck. It's just it bricks itself. It's like playing Greninja back in the day. It bricks itself, and you just lose. You know? Yeah, but it's not as bad as Greninja consistency no, wise. But we're, we're getting close to it. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, I think like overall, like if you play Reggie's and you take your matchup spread, you just just like minus five percent every matchup, right? I agree. Because of your breaks. Uh, but if you take that into account, I think then uh, Giratina becomes the deck with the strongest matchup spread overall. Simply just because you have this big tanky guy that could take one shots and everything via its V-Star, uh, V-Star attack, but you can also play as a Lost Box deck. Correct. So I think like you having that sort of hybrid deck that Giratina really actually is, is going to be so helpful towards you reaching... Uh, such a good standing in the meta, and as well as your Reggie matchups ain't even that bad. Because as we talked about uh, before, with like people playing Reggie, like they throw out a path, they play one, and then you go Temple Roxanne. Yes. They can't really much cover for it, other than like being lucky that they don't have to like discard a path at some point because they they really need to play the research. Correct. And if path stuck under their hand. They got to discard it, yeah. and when they end up discarding it, it just ends up being so much better for the guy playing Temple. Which yeah. I think Giratina's like the only deck that can play Temple in this format, which is also correct to do because of Wash Energy and then Reggie's on the side. But mm-hmm. I think that Reggie could still be a good pick for the people who dare to do it. But for people who wants to have a consistent showing, I don't think Reggie's going to be the play. Yeah, I, I agree. If if everyone's on board with the Giratina playing Roxanne Tempo. It's a very, it's, Reggie's not great, because it doesn't have an answer to that. Um, Obviously, uh, I don't know, they don't, they don't play a lot of, like, hands disruption either, so it's like, you draw so many cards with, with Garatina, uh, the Lost Box, your hands get huge, you're gonna have, you're gonna, you're gonna be able to make that play. That play's gonna be there, and, yeah. It's just dependable on on how the game went pre the Roxanne. Like, it depends on how the game, like, price sport before the Roxanne, and dependable on how hard the Reggie hits the Roxanne. Because if he just hits the Roxanne with uh, research into uh, Path, then 
it doesn't matter. Yeah. But what Giratina does is that Giratina can take two prizes easily itself by shredding, and then you're like, if you can just reach these sort of equal prize rates of Giratina for most of the game with Giratina itself, Snorlax, and so on and so forth, uh, you're going to be able to Roxanne Temple, hopefully yourself, into a very good spot. And that's where Tina can capitalize. And the game versus Reggie for Tina, if Tina wins a game, it's either going to be a win or a tie. Correct. And most likely a tie, because that game takes around, like, 27 and a half an hour. Nope. And I do know, you can time that perfectly while playing. Yeah, that's, um, a, I, that's yeah. one reason I would never play a one, one prize deck. Like, you just have to, you have to win, or you just tie. <laughs> Yeah, because if you lose game one with Reggie, yeah. and even if you lost box, you're, you're like kind of either looking at a tie or just a loss. Yep, that's and it. It's not even like playing slow if your game takes 35 to mm -hmm. 40. Because the games are just so intense, and like playing lost zone decks are just like so decision heavy focused that you have to like not make any dumb decisions on lost zoning with Call Rest, with Comfy, playing like lost zone the wrong card of Lost Vacuum, because that those cards don't come back. And. When they don't come back, uh, it's that much harder because then you can recover them a raw, pal pad, etc. Um, so that's also why that these slower decks are kind of like a hurdle in the way that we have our format right now with best of three fifty. Um, yeah. I don't think we can like solve that without having to play best of three sixty in Swiss rounds, but I don't think uh, that's something that the organizers would like to. Um, yeah, and that's a whole separate problem. I think we can have, even have a single episode on. Yeah, I agree. Like. There's a, I think there's a lot of that we, we'll, we'll kind of, I kind of want to touch into stuff like that. We were talking about it before the podcast. Um, well, we'll talk about it right before the tempo thing. But going to Warshaw, I think your, your safe bet is your Garatina. Yeah. Um, and then the, everything else kind of falls in line. I think everything, I think anything could win. I wouldn't be surprised if um any deck one uh, other than like if some like toward comes up with some crazy like i don't know lost box crazy because to be honest we we didn't really get much um time to to mess around with stuff i think there's been a lot of time now so like if something crazy was to come out it, this would be the time there's no yeah. if there is something crazy out there that is playable you're going to see it now or you're never going to see it. Like, it's just how that's going to work. But, yeah, I don't... I would go Garatina. Well, I personally would just play Zora because the deck just doesn't... I'm brain dead, just going to do that. <laughs> but if I was recommending, I'd play Garatina. Um, if you're super comfortable with the Intellion engine, I think that deck's super busted. Like, Yeah, I, I do also feel that Palkia is like one of the most safer picks. Uh, yeah. Last week, we had Fabienne Robin playing it to day two. Uh, the Palki deck, like, it was just a deck that they picked up. Like, they were like, well, I'm, we're not comfortable with anything else. We just go back to Palki, right? Yeah. Uh, Palki is like, for these upper players, is a safe pick because mm -hmm. once you know about the Intellion engine, what to find, these plays are already in your mind and you're able to get yourself into them. Um, so I think, therefore, like, Palkia is always a safe pick for most of these players, whereas some players are more, like myself, are more comfortable with, like, a Lost Song type of engine where you think your deck a bit more than the Intellion engine does and is a bit less weak versus Roxanne, right? Yeah. Because, um, like, myself, I'm really 
uh, hung up on trying to make my deck as most consistent as possible from the start to from start of the game to the like the facing end of the game. Um, and that's what I feel, for example, last box anything can do where people would be, well, if I just get out a couple of sobbles with AP passes that been Palkia, then I have my game plan solved. So it's it's different mentalities or play style way of getting there. But I think the two most safe decks for a tournament is going to be Giratina and Palkia in both their own ways. Mm-hmm. I think those are going to be the one that we see most of the top players head towards. I, I'd also include the Lost Zone engine in that. Um, but I think those two free decks with that are going to be the safe picks. And then we're going to have people, of course, showing up the Kyurem. We saw a lot of them in Lula, and I think that's going to carry on to Wausau. And then we also saw Mew, which is going to have the same showing around about the 7% to 10% mark. It's going to be Mew in the room. And then we have Blazing Solric as the sort of like outsider tier 2 decks. Yeah, I agree. I think... You... I've, I've said this a lot, like, if you've just been playing the Italian engine, you know what you're doing, then that's probably your best bet. But yeah. if you don't play the Italian engine, do not try to just pick it up and play it. It's not going to go well. Um, I try, no. I personally tried to do that in Baltimore. Uh, 03 dropped. Just went home, all right? And it's, it's literally the most, like, embarrassing tournament in my life because, like, I don't know if I talked about this, but there was, like, a point in the tournament where, like, or it was, like, the first game of the tournament, and um, I needed an energy. And I was, like, played the drizzle, I'll go, and I already played one bucket earlier. So I have two buckets left, and I have um, Melanie. I'm like, all right, I'll get one of those. Prize both buckets and Melanie. I'm like, all right. I just lose. I'm like, oh, this sucks. And so I don't know what I grab. I just grab whatever. I pass. And then it's my turn again. And I, I don't do anything. I pass. It's my turn again. And I play a drizzle. I flip my deck over. There's a fucking training court. Yeah. And I'm like, exactly. I'm just dumb. I'm just dumb. And I don't deserve to be. I shouldn't be playing this deck. I don't know what's in my deck. I don't know what I'm doing. And I'm like, it's because I don't I don't play the Italian engine and I don't I didn't play the deck enough. So, again, play what you're comfortable with at, at yeah. most. Like that is the best advice. Like I don't care if you're rooming with Tord and he's got this crazy list. <laughs> you can't. You shouldn't play it. <laughs> you should play what you've been pl- practicing, what you're good with. And if you're not practicing, go ahead and play because you really don't care. But if you care, yeah. play what you practice and do well. I committed to Zorak like a month before Salt Lake. I grinded like the entire, I filled my entire PTC Joe ladder or whatever, played like a Brazilian games. And then I go in the tournament day two. It's, it's just, I feel like I did that. Every time I do well at a tournament, it's because I put a lot of effort and time into a deck and I understand the deck, the matchups. You just got to know the matchup spreads, not, you're not going to get dumpstered by everything. If you're not going to get dumpstered by everything, figure out your deck and then you'll be fine. Like, don't overthink this too much. Uh, I do agree with that sentiment because, like, if you have a deck you're comfortable with, you automatically know your game plans versus most of the matchups, anyways. Like, I can share the story about the, the tour thing. I've been on both sides of it, right? <laughs> Back in the 2018 season, I was playing Sorg all along, like everybody else in my testing group. We're playing different variants of Sorg all season. 
all yeah. fine because if you're switching at that class moment make sure it's at least like an archetype that you're That's safe something. with right yeah at least it has to be within the archetype that you practice Correct. a lot with i switched a day or two before ocic i switched in from sorg like rock to sorg guardy that was all fine because it was still a sorg yeah, engine so it's fine. still basically your first returns to the game are still the same yeah and then you just have to learn a couple of new stuff, which can be done in a day. Yeah. But if you're drastically changing your deck just a few days before tournament, you're going to do bad. Yeah. Unless like unless you're in a really privileged position where you can grind out with every single deck in a format, but that's not feasible. Or for you get like super lucky. Like a lot of people, there are people that like post on Twitter. Oh, I've never played a, a hand with my deck, and I got day two. I'm like, you got lucky, like. At the end of the day, yeah. it's not it's not because the deck's like insane. You just it just worked out for you. I don't yeah. just don't recommend that, you know. But if we're looking at consistency wise, if we're looking yeah. like, looking at it being statistically correct, if we're looking at like all the things you can do in your favor without like taking into account, of course, you can brick, do all sorts of stuff, you can get unlucky, throw out Roxanne, stuff like that. You should just be playing something you're comfortable with. Yeah. On the other side of that story, where I switched from Sorgalikamrock to Sorgardi, had success, ran a really good OCIC, made day two, top 32, yada yada. I had the other side later that season where I played Granbull. <laughs> I had never played a single hand of Granbull ever in my life before that tournament. Uh, and then people packed tons of Alola Muck. I played versus five Sorgs containing Alola Muck, and I had the worst day of my life. So, you know, just get comfortable with the deck mm, you're yeah, playing. Yeah. If you like, what I always tell people, whether I'm coaching, whether I'm giving tips outside, whether I'm like talking to them, just like at tournaments or whatever, play something you know. Yeah. Because like automatically, if you play a ton of games at hand that looks bad, so like just at some point looks like a handful of opportunities for you. And that's like the really most important thing that you have is that you can look at a hand and be like, my options are X, Y, C, instead of you just playing that for the first time and being like, my options are none because this is not perfect. Yeah. Like, for example, if you're playing a Lost Box deck or anything playing VIP Pass and you don't start VIP Pass and you give up straight away because you don't know the answers, because you haven't practiced, right. or you haven't gotten tips from people who played the deck, or you haven't been coached, or whatever uh, that can help you set up for that tournament. So... It is really important that, especially leading into like even Warsaw, but even just like Brazil, we had two weeks to practice our Lugia decks. Yeah. You have to just grind as much as you can to make sure you get there. Yeah, and like some of the the way I kind of look at it, you get like we 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 talk about matchup spread a lot and like percentages a lot, but the one thing people always keep out is like I think you could give yourself like a five to ten percent upcrease on winning matchups based off that you know your deck and your opponent doesn't know the deck as yep. like if, if i played yesper and he was playing uh grapple and he doesn't know what he's doing like i don't like i should probably still win because he don't know what he's doing <laughs> like even though like my matchup should be worse but hey he doesn't know what he's doing how many people in the tournament don't know what they're doing and if you know what you're doing I think that's almost just better than having a good matchup spread. Like, if you know your yeah. deck and you went to a tournament where no one knew their deck, you would probably win the tournament. So, just know your deck. Just know your deck. Like, yeah, and I think it's the same if you if you play 10 Night March Mirrors against me, I win 9 of them. Like, yeah. 
Correct. It's about comfort, like comfortability and the experience. I think the yeah. experience uh, outlies every single match that's spread ever. Um, because if you're experienced, you know all the way and all the uh, sort of different options you have throughout the, the tournament you can have versus any deck. So yeah. leading to Warsaw, that's definitely my advice heading out there. Yeah, because like... I listen to all these podcasts, and that's one thing I do too as a as a player is I take in a lot of information. That like we live in a really crazy era right now where there's a ton of information on Limitless. There's online tournaments all the time. There's a ton of creators creating content every day. Just soak it all in, take it all in. But at the end of the day, like I listen to people shit on Zorak all the time. But in my head, I played so many games with Zorak that. I just know they haven't played as many games as me. So, like, when they say this is a horrible matchup, I'm like, in my head, I can already think, well, you have outs here, here, and here. Where they probably don't even, like, they played it, like, once, like, oh, I didn't get the perfect fucking setup, so the deck sucks. But, like, that's how that works. So, like, if you are a blissy person, which, I like, you can listen to this podcast all day, I'm going to tell you Blissey's a horrible deck, and you shouldn't play it, and, like, it... It's not good. It, it lives and dies off mill tank. But you could be grinding Blissey this whole time and go, dude, n- I don't think so. Like, Yeah. yeah I, I'd actually disagree with you because I just recently started yeah. playing live, Pokemon Live on my phone. And the only deck you get that is real and pretty good on the ladder is actually Blissey, which you can start off with. You actually get a starter deck Blissey. Do you? Which you only need a couple of cards to change. That's true. Like an actual real good Blissey list. So... <laughs> I've been grinding ladder with that, and like out of like my first forty games, I lost five. Oh, that's not so bad. I'm, 30, I'm thirty-five, five of Blizzy, right? So that just shows you like practice and Correct. knowing your matchups and comfortability and grinding. And gives like, results in the end, yeah. At the end of the day, I think like practicing something is just more important. Everyone's gonna put their cheer list out, and like. Just because Celio says that your deck is D tier and XY, like, doesn't mean your deck sucks. Again, we just went through this whole, like, thing of, like, we looked at every day two in Salt Lake and we wouldn't be surprised if any of those decks won. So, like, again, we're in a kind of meta where, like, everything is pretty good. Like, there's nothing that's, like, horrible. If you're gonna, if your deck can make day two, it could probably win the tournament. So, don't don't overthink this. As long as you're just covering your matches fine, having mm-hmm. 50-50s across the board, etc., you're going to be fine leading yeah. into almost every single tournament. And yeah. I think that really is what is a good way to end the segment is just like saying, telling people, practice, get tips, talk to people about the deck that you're comfortable with, and fine-tune it as much as possible. Because if yeah. you grind a list and you get the right list out, you're going to be like putting yourself in such a good position before a tournament, especially if you get tips from people... Uh, like myself, for example, uh, that's what I do for for almost a living. Like I do for half my living is giving coaching, people yeah. great advice on 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 how should you play a deck. And like I don't do coaching just for the money. I do really just to like spread advice and make sure that people can play their best of tournaments. Really, yeah. And always down below in the description, there's a list of Pokemon creators and resources to look at. So I always put that in my description. Yep. All right, so now that we're done with that, we kind of moved through Warshaw. Um, good luck next week. What do you 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 know what you're playing? Are you playing Garatina? I am playing Garatina. I can uh, I can say that for sure. Uh, like I I 
Gertina listeners are like so different, so it doesn't really matter what you say. Yeah, yeah it, it doesn't really matter. There's a lot of personal choices you can make yeah. in the list, but like after I played Snorlax Lost Box, which I think was a decent pick for little regionals, I played a heavy Snorlax line, for example, expecting a lot more Lost Box in my direction, which was like kind of why I played Snorlax, right? But it ended up not going that way. I had covered my matchup sort of, but like the combos you had to make with the deck were lesser consistent than the usual and as well as just having bad luck that just happens in this meta like it was only one win away from points for example so i think it's still gonna be all right like i, I played out the tournament after i was out and like what i also like to advise people is that once you're determined just play it out it doesn't like bottom tables of course is not the same practice as upper tables that's you can't deny that but I think just getting more games in in a tournament setting is actually really healthy, no matter what deck you're playing in a tournament, no matter if you decide, well, I'm not going to play this pile of crap anymore. I think the most important thing is just to get as many tournament games under your belt because it's so important that you get that practice in, in just a tournament environment, because it also learns you how to play the clock, it also learns you like how to like anticipate opponents, play a psychological game. Like, there's so many things around that that's uh, to be said about that. Yeah, yeah, I agree. And most of the time, if you did put in the effort and you played a, a deck that you're comfortable with, you're going to be in the chase most of the tournament to get to that 6-2-1. So yeah. odds are you're not going to go 0-3. So... Again, just put, I, I, put in that first. I, I put my money on me not going O three. I'm I'm You're pretty right. comfortable with the I picked fifty nine I picked between fifty seven to fifty nine on my deck already. Uh so I'm pretty comfortable with me not so, going O three at that track. That's good. Alright. Let's kinda of jump into uh, before we jump into the Silver Tempest, because that's like kinda of gonna be fun to talk about, but let's kinda of talk about some things that are not so fun to talk about. Which is terminate, 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 tournament prizing and yes. and um, points and stuff. I think this has been a topic on Twitter um, a few times, and we we kind of just brush over it a lot because like odds are it's not going to change. But I think if we don't talk about it, it won't ever change. And if we look at, let me just bring it up real quick and so we can know so i'm not making stuff up as we go but yeah i can tell you that currently uh you told me about this as well you made day two at slc Correct. you got top 128 uh but the thing about it was that people who didn't even play in the day two also got one top top 128 so essentially you wasted your time playing those six swiss rounds correct now uh soul has also said on the uncommon energy podcast that there should be some compensation just for at least making day two i'm not saying you should receive more money perhaps for top 128ing in a tournament where you made day two but i do think that you some way should be compensated whether that's cash or whether that's product you should be compensated for at least making day two just like half a box more uh at least if not like plus 10 cp like it would at least make it a lot better for you to like have the incentive for making day two instead of being like, well, I might just well six three because I don't feel comfortable with day two meta. Like right. It, it right now the six two I feel I feel six two one is healthy because it makes way for you to be able to brick and then have a bad matchup and then tie a game which you shouldn't tie. Yeah. 
That's oh. why they have it and changed it from 7-2. Uh, but I feel that right now it's super bad that these tournaments are getting so big and Pokemon still not being able to properly compensate players for ha actually having a really good showing. Like, if you're top 120, you're still in the top 10%. Yes, easily. Um, let me let's let me just kind of break this down. I'm looking at the money. This is the prize pool for the money. Um, if it's one to to twenty four players, which I don't know, why are we? Why never, why never. That, why is this up here? Why do we have a breakdown for one through twenty four players? In what world is there only ever going to be twenty four players? Uh, junior seniors. Maybe. Yeah, I guess. Like. Sure. But and they're that, always around like 50 or 60 at every regional, so that yeah. doesn't even matter. Even even if they were, I don't know. Like, we should just have a different table for, for juniors and seniors because at this point, we're breaking thousands, and the only, like, up, it goes to 200. So once we get to 200, it maxes on the prize, prize payout. And only up to top 32 get money, which is... $250 if you get to top 32 of a thousand man regional. Get out yep. of here. That's insane. That's insane because, like, you're in the oh, crazy percentile at that point, and like, you're not even that $250, like, doesn't pay for your flight, basically. Your flight and hotel don't even get paid for that. And in Europe, in Europe it pays the flight plus more. Cool. <laughs> Cool story, but you. But yours is a little harder because that's like. Uh, I guess you get there. Never mind. Uh, top thirty-two. Yeah. Well, there's five hundred people. Yeah. Well, cool story for you, but we have a thousand and like my average flight, and I fly like the cheapest you can get. It's probably like a hundred to two hundred bucks. Is like the cheapest round trip flight to like anywhere. Yeah. You throw a hotel on that for two, three days, you're the two hundred and fifty bucks isn't getting you anywhere. And then and that that's saying you come in top thirty two, which is no like you're not a slouch, you come top thirty two. You did pretty that's pretty good showing. Especially that's at a regional. Top, that's top one third. Yeah. Uh, and not more than one than one third. It's actually like, like yeah, no, it's <laughs> it's like not even. <laughs> I, I like. I don't. Three percent. Yeah, like my my uh, math skills. I don't even want to get into it. But like, we need more money here. And then like, I, I mean, five thousand dollars is great for first. Like the price at the top's okay. To be honest, I think we for regionals at this point, it should almost just jump to the way internationals are priced out money wise. I don't think I'd agree with that because internationals are much more competitive than regionals, but I no, think I mean, like, as... I think internationals should be more. Yeah, too. they should be like 15K. Yeah, yeah uh, like, I, I think they and should then... go up. I think, I just think we should start a, a regional at, at 10K and then, the, like, internationals pay out to top 64 up 500 bucks. If you did that, I think you, you pay out a whole, like, 32 more people. And you're yeah. paying them double the money. I don't think people... There, it'd be so much better. I think this prize pool looks... It feels better. 64 mm. is, like, a kind of good step. Um, what what if you'd like... 
would it would it make sense for you to like pay two fifty to top sixty four, then like have the prices jump a bit down, and then first place get like seventy five hundred? That that will be like yeah, yeah. In, in a business case for Pokemon, that is not that much money to have to slouch on on, and you have to remember. Pokemon doesn't fund these regionals as much as it did before. Like, these price structures haven't changed since mid 2017, of course. No. And the game has grown not, like, a bit. It has grown exponentially yeah. since then. Like, back then, we could still have regionals of 300. Now, 300 is a dream. You're yeah. not going to reach 300 ever. Like, you're going to have 500 at least man regionals, 600. And then U.S., you're going to have these eight, 900,000 man regionals. So, I think it's... I can even use the, the the word stupid at that point at this point to not like incentivize your players to have a really really tough good competitive scene where people actually get compensated for the talent. Yeah. And I think that's where we're at right now because if you for example up internationals to 15k for winning if you up and and then you just tr jumped like if everything just jumps a bit down like sixty four gets to thirty two money etc and you just bump up the first place money for example at uh, internationals second place will then get ten k for first place will get fifteen regionals but yeah, uh, I... first place will get seventy five hundred second place will get fi uh, five grand I think that'd be a fair case and it's not that much more money that Pokemon has to give out and I think that's a good way to start yeah. but I don't think that. That's where it should end because Pokemon is getting more and more popular with time, and there's going to be way, way, way more players, at least in a Masters division. Uh, Correct. I, I think in that po at that point, I think you should upgrade and you should like put in a lowest amount of players for a prize payout that would then jump up to that like at least if you have like 600 your division i think it should be 7500 for a champion yeah i think we need a whole another row because right now like we're at 200 or more players there needs to be a 600 an 800 or like a thousand you break a thousand we need an up on everything you know yeah like this 200 mark that's cool back in 2017 when when salt lake got 300 players like okay we we made it past the threshold. We were thinking that going into Salt Lake, oh, it's like West Coast is usually smaller regionals. They saw they got about over a thousand people uh, in Masters for for Salt Lake. So like, this isn't changing. They're only going to get bigger. So maybe maybe it's an adjustment that happens next year because now they can see the numbers. Because if you look at the numbers, probably from the years what twenty nineteen twenty eighteen. Um, this this probably isn't that bad, but but if you look at the numbers now and then look at this, it looks really bad for the game. Um, so hopefully they take in consideration maybe next season um, or mid season. That would be I don't know how I'd feel mid season because then I, you, I don't this, think they should yeah, do mid season because they should just take a huge dump on players to actually yeah. do one reason. It's like towards going to be like. Well, then I lost out on 2,500. <laughs> but I think they should do seasonally changes, of course, yeah. of that. But I do think that at some point, they have, like, of course, before next season, or they have to already start doing that now and, like, have your meetings about it, et cetera. Yeah, I You agree. have to start talking about the prize money because yeah. people end up being compensated. We're not going to say that people have to be professional. No. Like, we don't, we don't have to, like, have too many people being professional in this game but we need we just, to need, we just need a bigger more. bigger chart we just need a bigger chart that's all we need a plus 500 and like plus a thousand 
and yeah. and up the prize pool that way. Because at the Which, end of the day, the I don't what what's your registration fees in 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 Europe? Uh, a little bit less, a little bit less than U.S., but almost same. It's almost yeah. We're we're at like, like 60, seventy sixty euro. Yeah, we're at like seventy dollars, which is like same shit. But that's like crazy. Like right now, like me in twenty seventeen, I probably don't go. Like I probably don't like. I don't think it was worth it. Like why pay that much money and like who knows how good I'm gonna do. But like obviously now financially, I'm I'm stable. I'm I'm doing a lot better in my life, and I don't really care. But like seventy dollars to play in a tournament is kind of insane. Like I literally had to sell my play mat and my my uh, the the card that they give you to get. Yeah. I got like fifty five bucks for that, and I'm like, I feel better now because now my <laughs> registration was like twenty dollars, which is fine. But that's yeah. saying you get that because like I don't know, here in the U S. that we run out of that stuff real quick. So yeah, we don't in Europe, but I think you can make the case of like if you compare to like game like a poker tournament, right? Yeah. If you play a WSOP, you have eight, like, let's just say in a WSOP tournament, you have 1,000 people, like just regionals. The top 10% is going to be paying out. Yeah. If not more, if not a little bit more. And then you have a little bit about, like, yeah, like the first payout row is going to be, a, like, about a buy-in. But you can see here already, right? If you pay the top one, like, 10% out of 1,000 people, you're going to be paying out top 100 money. Let's just say yeah. that. But you can't make it that clear because you can't have that cut because we do cuts by eight. Yeah. Or we pay, we do cuts by two and then double, 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 double. How much of a, like, if you just make that two, you should get your money back. Get your $70. I do that, but that money goes directly to organizer. The money Correct. like you, you get for registration is separate from the money you get yeah, paid out by Pokemon. So because Pokemon pays, you pay to the organizer, and they still have to rent, pay staff, and so on and so forth. I understand those costs for sure, but I think that should they should at least like bump the pay at least one time. Because yeah. I don't feel that it should be paid for a top 120 performance. No. I don't. But I do think you should get more product than you're doing right now, which is basically dollars. Yeah, uh, the, product, the product goes out to 64. So if you get top 64, you get 18 packs. Yeah, so what I'm Half saying, bump it. Yeah. Bump it I, by one. Yeah, I think a bump in both directions, money-wise and pricing, um, sounds good. Um, I don't know. And I don't know. I like the tiers. Maybe if we do get to 1,000, man, we can pay out to 128. I don't, I don't think that's unreasonable. No, me neither, but I think, like, for to make the case, uh, you know a bit more realistic what you could hope for at the first moment is that they would bump by yeah. one yeah i think that's the most realistic thing that it'll bump the one and i think they will they, they should start doing that at 600 or 550 or 500 500 yeah, something like that. let's do it at 500 yeah because I, I understand i understand if you have a regional at 400 people right now to pay is 200 i f understand if you have a regional at 400 and you pay the top 32 uh, you pay the top 64 doesn't really make sense yeah uh but if you have five or 600 and you pay the top 64 then it suddenly makes a lot more sense yeah i think that's i think we'll 
I think that's good on that, but I think that's something, because a lot of people are complaining about different stuff, and I think that this is a bigger issue than most of the stuff people are complaining about, um, especially when you express the cost of things nowadays is a lot higher, um, yeah. and let's be like real, Pokemon's not hurting on money, all right, so... Like, no, it's a multi-billion dollar yeah. company, we, we shouldn't forget, and yeah. like with the inflation crisis we have in Europe, for example, right now... Yeah. People's tight on money. Like I'm yeah. lucky I still live at home because otherwise I wouldn't have been able to travel to tournaments myself right. because otherwise I, I need to pay rent. Yeah. Uh I, I do still think I could be able to go to tournaments yeah. yeah, for you... fifty hour work weeks, but um I still think that it's unfair to many points that Pokemon doesn't see that it's a good way to promote this game. And if you're promoting this game by being nicer to your players, if you're promoting this game by being uh, better at, like, getting a competitive scene, of course the competitive scene is not what, what makes the money at the end of the day for Pokemon, at tournaments. Right. It isn't. Po like, tournaments are a losing game for them. But what they can gain off it is people playing. And the media attention that determined gets, and so on and so forth is invaluable to pokemon because then people yeah. look like oh pokemon's cool again we'll start pay buying pokemon that turn up to dollar signs at pokemon's office correct that's all so they don't get the money directly but they get them indirectly by influence correct yeah i agree so that's it that's kind of want to leave it on that that's what i'm gonna leave it on my well give us some more pricing all right but if i yeah. make if i make day two and my roommate doesn't make two we shouldn't get the same points either all right give me some more no. points all right <laughs> or we everybody in 128 makes day two or something all right so um yeah, but then you have the hard cuts which is like yeah i know what people hey. kind of want the system for yeah um it is what it is we'll see um yeah. but let's talk about silver tempest and then we'll get out of here silver yeah, tempest that's gonna be a quick segment yeah there's not a lot of great cards, but there's a, some really good cards. A small pile of cards that just make the game um, a little like 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 Pram said. Look at the look at the mascot on the on the box and play that. So <laughs> we have Lugia. If you don't know what Lugia does, it's V Star. Lets you get two colors Pokemon from your discard pile. Put it on your bench. It just happens to be a really good colorless Pokemon that is also printed in, in this set, which is Archeops, which says you can get two special energies from your deck and attach them to your Pokemon anyway, which means you can do up to four special energies a turn onto your Pokemon any way you'd like, which makes... Um, and they're also giving us more special energy, which is a barrier energy, which, thank God, it doesn't stack... Because if it's stacked, I think that there would be no chance. The deck would just be so tanky, it would be unstoppable. Um, but we get the barrier energy, which is 30 less for Vs. Um, and it, what, what's its attack? 220? Which? Lugia's attack is 220, right? Yeah, but you can just pile some powerful, powerful energy energies on it. So with choice bands, two fifty powerful energies, three powerful energies, maybe four. You're doing what? Three. You're knocking out anything. You're knocking out yeah, anything. But just 
just two of them are you're you're hitting the 290 290 like covering you're covering arc you're coming everything you're, like you're, you're covering, covering everything. everything but what mew and and kiram which mew, at mew the, is free yeah and at the end of the day like just throw more powerful energy on it and knock it out you know what i'm saying like <laughs> You solve every solution by powerful energy, and also that like Kiram's gonna have a hard time just knocking out three of them because that uh, uh, you can play Quad Path, Roxanne yeah. Marnie. You can also like you can one shot one of the Kiram's, and then the second one's just gonna two shot that with. Yeah. And then V guard V guard energy makes it so they need one more to energy attached, like the fourth one. Yeah. So yeah, it's uh, like, super strong, and you can also still play the one prize attackers. Correct. Uh, what's that? There's forget. so many different variants because. If if you haven't looked, uh, just go look on PCCGO and look at how many different special energies that we have in this format, um, especially Aurora Energy, which just gives every Pokemon an opportunity to attack. Because you're attaching four four energies in a turn um, for free. Like there's not really any Pokemon that takes more than four energies to attack, of uh, even in the craziest pile of of energies. So. Like you're what? what the, I think the one does it take five? It might take four or five. It's the Evolta that just knocks out a Pokemon, and oh, they, yeah, it might it be five. five. But you can attach return, <laughs> so like in one turn you can literally just power that up and take a knockout, which is yeah, kind of sad. If you even have the energies in hand, you could just go mining. Yeah, which you is mine, and then you go boom, attach, and then... yeah, it's actually insane. So. I don't even like. Well, I don't, obviously we just have to test it. Well, and see how it goes. But in the long run, the deck on paper the deck just looks super broken. We had some reports in Japan that it was almost fifty percent of the meta. Um, the Archaeops is the ability is super strong, especially with the type of energies we have in the forearm. Maybe. Once we have a rotation, if Aurora does leave, it might be a little more fair. Um, I don't know if powerful... That, that's what's going to have to come down. you got to kind of look at rotation and see um, what energies disappear on us. But yep. other than that, right now when we go into Latin America, um, it's going to be super powerful. And I think a lot of people are going to find fun ways to play it or you're gonna have people that are gonna work really hard on trying to counter it which i don't we'll see if anyone's successful uh, i see some stuff on twitter where people are coming up with these cards that just counter it which like i think seno gets a lot better obviously um seno roxanne but Sinnoh to Roxanne still doesn't do the job because or like Arcade because it'll fly, find out energy and can still attack with Lugia. So Correct. it's not that you're hundred percent solving it, as well as Lugia like should be playing four stadiums himself plus Pokeboo. So Correct. with that it's that, right? And Evil Tall only needs free colored energy to do its attack. Yeah. It needs two colorless and then one lightning, one psychic, one dark. Something around that. You can see how stupid that is, man. Yeah. Like it's very oh, that, yeah. It's it's fire, psychic, dark, colors, colors. Yeah. Becomes that is a, busted. I think it's busted. I think a lot of those um, amazing rare Pokemon become really good with that. Um, yeah, because like we thought with Mirage Gate, oh, those cards are gonna be good. Like, no, we we do this turn two. Like, we're turn two. Like, 
knocking things out 100%. Like, two, turn two, three, 30 is, like, easy now. Turn two, knockout. Yeah. Easy. No matter what. <laughs> so, like, flipping heads going first is uh, going to be important, I think. Yeah, I, I think I think going first or at least going second, Marnie pathing people is going to be pretty. Yeah, hard. you need a Marnie path for sure. You need again, Marnie path is always going to be good. So like, that's, it's that's gonna, it's going to be good until it, it rotates. Like path is yeah. just an inherently really powerful card, but I do like it since it keeps a lot of stuff. Right? Yeah, uh, it it is a comeback method co- coupled together. Roxanne, Which... I don't like Marnie. Um. I just, I just, yeah. uh, I think we're gonna see a lot of upticks on way ways of getting out of stadiums. So uh, whatever yeah. that is, is p- double punkaboo or punkaboo and four four stadiums and just how many outs to get rid of Path or Sino or whatever that you're gonna see a lot of that. And the thing is, there are there's a lot of options. You know, like you just gotta put them in. Which make the deck even better because it's like in paths it's like okay like you just play this and then marty path them and maybe they don't draw their stadium well now a quick ball gets you out of it a ultra ball gets you out of it there's like a lot of options to get out and there's even like a new supporter that like draw three discards the stadium so like if it if it does come to that where like you're having such an issue with with path or senos and you can't get through stuff like that card will just be starting to play so you just have more outs to get rid of stadiums so i don't know um i know gerhardt posted like a list of cards that counter lugia and i don't know i just didn't agree on the list i thought so it's not there's a lot of like stuff you i don't feel like you can just plug into decks he he's come to this whole thing about how these cards are easily plugged in, which how you easily just plug in, uh, friggin' what is that ghost Pokemon? Um, oh, good, good question. You know, uh, a, the, the, the genie looking one. What am I talking about? Uh, Dustor? Yeah. Ah, uh, yeah, 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 yeah. I was like, I don't know how you just like magically. Um, just plug a stage two Pokemon into any deck, but like, hey, more power to you if you figure that out. And I'm glad it's good in one of your matchups. And so let's let's put a whole stage two line into my deck, so I can win. I mean, I guess if the meta's fifty percent, it's probably worth it. But if it's not, probably don't do that. Um, yeah, it's gonna be a quick question. I think LAC is gonna be very pole like a very polar tournament whereas the tournaments afterwards gonna balance a bit out because that's also how it goes usually with like the first tournament the format thing where yeah. the strongest deck and the most anticipated decks is just gonna take a huge amount of slots yeah. naturally and then we just reach a normal level at some point where it kind of fins out and it goes to a healthy level again yeah i'm gonna be it's gonna be very um because no, normally you're right i agree like when we had the Seattle originals, right when Trash Alliance came out, and there was like eighty percent or ninety percent of the field was like Trash Alliance. Uh, yeah. But we live in a world now where there's a lot of online tournaments, and like things get meta 
develop a lot quicker. It's like, oh, oh, this works. This does beat this. We figure this out. So I'm curious to see how effective that that's going to be going into the Latin America IC. If if and, uh, if if we do see like half the meta is just playing Lugia, or by the time that happens, those two weeks, does this online tournament reveal that hey, Lugia does lose, and you can just put Dustnor in your deck, or you can put I don't know, there's like some Flapple that does like seventy times something. You just tag that in there, and it one shots it or something, you know. Yeah, and I think that's something we're going to be heading on towards after LAIC. We, I, I will, I will tell you that we we should be doing a a specific episode on how Luke did at LAIC because yeah. it's going to be really interesting uh, towards what we're going to be seeing uh, from people afterwards. Yeah, because I'm going right after LAIC. I go to Toronto. Yeah, so, I go to Stuttgart. Yeah, so we both have stuff right after it, and then right after Toronto, I go. to to Dallas or Arlington, which is just Dallas, but for some reason, it's Texas. Yeah, we hit up Texas, which surprise, some might come with me to Texas. Just throwing. Let's go. Yeah, I've been I've been talking to him lately. I went over, and he's he's in the buy sell trade place of Pokemon, so he's he's living that life. He's not playing much, but he said he wants to go, so. He might head out to Texas with me. Knock on wood. Probably not now, but uh, <laughs> yeah. But December is going to be a crazy month. Like obviously, was it the second to last week of November is a uh, LC or is it the last week? Second to last week, yeah. That's uh, the last. Oh, it is last. So the weekend, yeah. the weekend after that is Toronto, and then two weeks is Arlington. And then two weeks from then is San Diego. So we're, we're just going to hit tournament after tournament. And then all the EU ones, like, it's going to be nonstop. Like, we have this little break, which is nice. We have, like, these three weeks of breathe, play, and then it's just Pokemon for the next at least, like, eight weeks. So get ready for that journey. Um, it's going gonna, it's gonna to be a grind. Yeah, I'm excited. I'm excited to be going to a lot of this. So, but yeah, we'll see how Silver Tempest goes. We'll jump into it, but this is kind of where we're going to end it. We're going to do Monday shows and, um, yeah, more consistency, a lot of Pokemon coming guys. Hope you all yep. enjoyed this. Um, follow the links down below. Twitters are down there. Like, subscribe this, um, leave comments. I reply to everything. So, and I'll be sure I'll try to. Yeah, 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 sure. <laughs> uh, were you coming? You coming to any NA stuff? Did you say? Uh, I'll uh, try my best for NA. I see. There you go. It, it depends on it. if it makes financial sense. I'll do. Money. Who talks about that stuff? We just do. <laughs> <laughs> Forget about that. We just go worry about the money afterwards. Last season I could have, but I was like, it doesn't like the financial case is dumb because I already have my day two sealed. Oh, uh, okay, that is dumb, but. It's fun, though. How old are you now? You're 21, no? 21, yeah. Ah, you gotta come, man. What are you doing? That AIC is so much fun. (laughs) (laughs) You gotta come. All right. right. But yeah, we're gonna end that right I'll do my best. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right, guys. Well, for now, we're gonna scoop it up.